What's up, KDHR fam? It's your boy Metal back again another week. How's it going, everybody? Good. Oh, I forgot to log into Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things, I forgot to log into Spotify. Oh, I mean, I kind of need to swap out headsets if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, how embarrassing! We're very professional here. That ass. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to log into the damn Spotify. I opened it and everything. It was like, cool, yeah, this is ready. No. <laughs> All right, let's go into your playlist. Wow, that sounds really quiet. Whatever. <laughs> Ooh, that was loud. My bad. My bad. <laughs> All right, so. Today I have with me Izzy. Say what's up. What's up? And I have Dr. Dave again. What's up? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Enrique and... Or Enrique, wow. That's the first time I've said his name in so long. I'm sorry, <laughs> my guy. Audie Metalhead and Vic aren't here today. Um, they got some other stuff going on. Um, so, they will not be joining us for today's episode. But we got some, uh, we got some shit to talk about. So... Uh, let's dive into this 80s shit, man. Yeah. I forgot that we were still in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, we are still in the 80s. Alright, I can't remember what all we went through, though. I know we talked about speed metal. I know we talked about traditional doom. I know we talked about clam. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did we talk thrash? Like, really, actually? No, right? No. Uh, melodic power metal? No. no. Okay. Okay, so let's do those two. Let's see those two then, because they both stem off of speed metal, oddly enough. Um, <clears throat> so I remember we talked about neoclassical, which is one of the things yeah. that stemmed from progressive metal and speed metal in a combination. Uh, so one of the other things that speed metal directly went into was melodic power metal. So let's look at what, what it says for that. Uh, it says, often referred to as European power metal, melodic power metal originated from the new wave of British heavy metal emerging in the late 1980s and early 1990s with Germany's Halloween, or sorry, Halloween, Blind Guardian, and Finland's Stradivarius, with a strong focus on melody and uplifting positive themes. Mm. Power metal is today associated with fast tempo and melodic harmonies. The sound tempered by characteristics of speed metal, power metal's musical forerunner. Power metal is highly focused on the vocalist with clean vocals being much more prevalent than the growing vocals often sorry growling vocals often associated with death metal and black metal following in the tradition of ronnie james dio ian gillen bruce dickinson rob halford and other heavy metal vocalists power metal vocals are often in a high register the majority of the genre's vocalists sing in the tenor range capable of hitting very high notes fun fact i can hit higher notes than some tenors not a pro tenor. A pro tenor completely outclasses me. But right. In falsetto or really singing? Uh, falsetto for sure. But in really singing, uh, that's more closer to being even with the tenor than not. Because right. I like my my range is definitively baritone, baritone, possibly bass. Depends on if you catch me on a good day or not. I can hit low enough to be considered Depends a bass. Depends on the time of day. And on the time of day, you should yeah. see me in the morning, man. In the morning, I can—I'd be hitting that C2 like it's nothing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so then, Halloween—one of 
Yeah, Halloween, one of melodic power metal's originators, mixed fast palm meeting speed metal riffs with high-pitched clean vocals. Stradivarius further developed the melodic direction by making heavy use of keyboards. This genre sped, spread over Europe, often incorporating further influences from classical and folk music. The style has become one of the most popular metal subgenres and has many bands out of, uh, sorry, outside of Europe. So, of course, Halloween, we said, Angra, Blind Guardian, uh, Gamma Ray, Hammerfall, that is uh, Rhapsody of Fire, Dark Moor, uh, Iron Savior, and... Oh, yeah, Dragon Force, duh. <laughs> I, I, dude, it's so hard to use these headphones. After getting the Taste of Glory of my other headphones... I, I feel you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so... What is your guys' take on melodic power metal? Love it. <laughs> Pure and simple. Love it. You like all those bands? Uh, not, not all of them. Just as some of them I haven't heard. Just I got really into the um, the power metal scene just because of uh, I started branching off onto uh, a lot of Dragon Force and arguably a lot of uh, the Viking metal does follow a lot of the same uh, sh- songs, uh, same structure and a lot of the same theming. Just very focused on the Nordic side of things, more so than fantasy and stuff. But it's it's just one of it, it always lends itself well to to me. Just because a lot of times I play video games while I'm listening to music, <laughs> and power metal fits very well with a lot of games that I play. Um. I'm most familiar with Halloween of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting the element I think they talk about of the positive, the positive message. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> and, and sort of it makes me think of a major sound in the metal genres in general. In general, that turns me off personally, and so that's why I probably am not as well versed in that stuff. Um, and Stradivarius and Dragon Force make me think of extended instrumental sections. It makes me think of Prague more. Uh, and Angra, that's the guitar player in Megadeth now, right? Isn't that that guy? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Piero uh, or whatever his name is. I think that's where that guy is from. Um, I, it doesn't bother me. I think it's, I think it's um, very virtuosic playing in all senses but I don't I don't really have a particular need for clean vocals and I don't have a particular need for a positive message so it's not something I've investigated although I understand exactly what they're getting at it's just it's funny to have melodic and power like in the title mean what they say it means yeah I mean with some of the bands they named you know the, uh, they, they said or some of the singers I should say Brian James Dio, Bruce Dickinson, Rob Halford, I think of them. And like, wow, I can see what they're meaning by like, this is following this tradition of this, right? Um, it's also kind of like, yeah, but it's also just not really that exact same meaning behind why they're singing that high up, right? Right. Like Rob Halford has, I think it's a four octave range and he uses it well. Right, you know, uh, Bruce Dickinson's range is 
either four or five octaves, I can't remember. Again, uses it really fucking well. Yeah. Right? And the it's it's crazy what they're doing and all, but I wouldn't necessarily just because they can sing that high call some of that stuff power metal or melodic power metal or anything like that. Yeah. Um so a lot of Iron Maiden stuff would sound power metal esque for sure. Yeah. I think yeah. I, again, you know, it's like defining these genres. It's always fascinating where people take it and how it's written about it. Yeah. I, I don't think of melodic as a positive, you know, like a positive message thing. And I don't think of the word power metal to me is like what used to be called speed metal, the way I have it arranged in my mind. Right. It's a little slower and, and cleaner and more appealing to the masses than thrash metal would be thrash metal is going to push the limits of what people can take lyrically compositionally speed wise you know and speed metal is more like everybody come to the party and you know yeah so i don't know power metal is i think still a developing term (laughs) i mean i can see why you say that um you know but also at this point like we've also gotten genres that have come directly from melodic power metal so right how much is it really developing anymore yeah i don't know um, i mean i mean commercially speaking versus aesthetically or not aesthetically but um just well i guess yeah aesthetically still works so aesthetically speaking right like yeah i like i've like i've mentioned to you guys before growing up in the mid 80s early 90s this term didn't exist in that time period that's speed metal thrash metal and so that's why I say what I say. I think this site is incredibly fascinating because it at least gives you some sense of the conversation. But people yeah. like Ian Christie and other metal historians and, and metal obsessed people like us, I think, <laughs> will continue to define the subgenres as things branch out and as things develop and different bands try different things so yeah that's one of the reasons it's interesting i think for us to do this because it opens to discussion of like what does that really mean because you yeah. know there's some stuff has a very specific meaning like black in the title mm-hmm. means something very specific or progressive means something very specific yeah but which I, we yeah. think of uh when we think of the word melodic and the word power like what does that mean to you you know and, and so it's interesting to hear his definition and then kind of put it to these bands yeah and that's one of the things like i I mean putting it to bands is also a hard thing to do just in general just because like when you really think about it like a lot of bands could fall into a lot of categories sure right song song by song yeah song 100 percent song by song like taking that iron maiden again right right? if i'm thinking fear the dark (laughs) right that is not melodic power metal at all right Right, but if I'm thinking Flash of the Blade, there's an argument there. Right, the first line is as as a young boy chasing dragons. Right, right, right. It's like that is the mo- this is one of the most power metal lines I could ever think of. Right, right, yeah. But an argument could still be made just because right. of the rest of the song structure, right? So like right. that defining bands is this is, is as this or that is is also has always been hard, and that's why I just go, oh, these are some of the songs from these bands, like right, because. Right? It's different. It's it's very different. But yeah, I mean, melodic power metal is definitely one of those things that I think of like yeah, Dungeons and Dragons type of thing. Do like, you really? Okay. That's what I hear in my head when I oh. think about power metal, right? Yeah. So yeah. Flash of the Blade, a lot of Ronnie James Dio stuff. Not everything, but like a lot of his stuff. Like, um, an argument can be made for Last in Line. 
um, Holy Diver could be an argument, right? But like at the same time, those aren't just at this this type of metal. I, I, they're metal because they're metal, but not because like it is this, right? Right. It's like you know, in this earlier stuff, there's just so much fluidity in what's happening with all the different subgenres that are being born. It's funny too. The thing that I think of is the word death, like death metal, and it's every lyric has to do with death in one way or another. It's, <laughs> I mean, it is relentless. Like, you know, when that stuff first came out, it was like, how many different ways can we talk about it? How many different things can we say about about that topic? <laughs> everything has that. So it's like when you're looking at these other bands from similar time periods. You have to categorize them somehow, right? Are you going to yeah. call it life metal? No, that would be lame. <laughs> oh, that's like, weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how, how do you how do you define a band when the lyrics are not talking about that particular subject matter? And I think that's when we look towards words like power. Well, it's powerful, but, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then the, the aspect of putting melodic in front of it is yeah. also just interesting right you know in general like we're when when i'm thinking melodic i'm thinking there's something happening in, within the music within the melody specifically that's that's just where my brain goes right yeah but that's not necessarily what happens in a lot of melodic blank music metal music right right melodic power metal melodic death metal melodic this melodic that like <laughs> right it's it's I don't really think of it that way because that's not what I'm hearing. Like Avatar being one of my favorite bands, Swedish Swedish melodic death metal is that's what one of my favorite genres. Can't wait till we get there. We will <laughs> at some point. But like <laughs> Swedish melodic death metal, first of all, that's a that's a mouthful enough as it is, right? Yeah. But like in the death metal aspect, I hear I some songs I hear it in their earlier stuff. Right. Right. And then in their later stuff. It just does not apply like that anymore, right? And then the melodic part in their earlier stuff, it doesn't really apply all that much. You know, I can think of one song that just literally just sounds like it's going <laughs> in the beginning is its intro, and I think it's exactly what it does, right? But then their later stuff does get more melodic, and like there's intricacies in what they're playing and their harmonies and all of that, and I'm just like. So because of all of this is like, are you just slapping it all together and saying melodic death metal? I, I, I see it differently. Being a huge fan of Swedish melodic death metal, to me, like all of those terms in that in that subgenre are very well defined. Swedish referring to Swedish death metal, which is the entombed sound, the, the chainsaw guitar sound, the tuned down, like in a particular studio in Sweden, they created this sound melodic meaning there's a huge focus on melody which i definitely think is taken from the iron maiden and judas priest new wave of british heavy metal element where you're gonna have guitar lines that absolutely sing right there's gonna be very uh easily accessible melodies in all in that music and that's where the melodic comes from the death to me is again all about the subject matter like what are they singing about right right um I think that there's more elements to traditional death metal and that, you know, it can branch out more than that. It can be a musical association too. But when I hear Swedish, Swedish melodic death metal, those are the elements that like really stick out to me. So, I mean, if you think about the contrast in metal, 
there's some bands that just make a wall of sound and there's never a melody ever, mm-hmm. right? They're just yeah. pure and simple, chaotic noise. Yeah. And some people really like that kind of music, right? But you're never going to put melody in front of that. Death metal, for example, was a mess a lot of the times. You know, when you sat back and you listened to the whole thing and the way it was produced, you didn't have these very uh, accessible melodies coming through the layers and layers and layers of music. And it was mm-hmm. just a wall of, you know, yeah. sound. And you couldn't understand what the guy was saying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And again, that's why I'm trying to, like, understand when they say melodic power metal, how does that how does that come into play? But, yeah. I mean, Halloween to me is is progressive. Like I could talk for an hour. We could talk to Brian Madigan for an hour about. <laughs> we need to get oh, we this, need to get him on this. The wonders of the wonders of Halloween and all the intricacies and layers and counterpoint and things that go on with Halloween and how fabulous they are as you know guitar players, arrangers, and singers and things like mm-hmm. that. So it's funny that they get layered into that when there's many progressive elements to the, to that particular band. And again, that's the one I'm most associated with. So. Gotcha. Yeah. With me, it's the because I'm not, I'm, I'm very much on your side with the whole. I don't know why they throw in the word melodic in it because, uh, for me, power metal is just it, there already is inherently a focus on, on melody. It yeah. isn't just a wall of noise, mm-hmm. everything. Like you're supposed to listen to the guitar doing crazy, um, technical stuff. You're supposed to be. Uh, able to understand what the the vocalist is saying, like is it? I kind of see it like very much um, faster paced folk music. Essentially, ah. that's that's my interpretation of it. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> fast yeah. paced yes. folk music. <laughs> yeah, literally. Right. <sighs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but like, that's why, like, when. When you mentioned um, melodic power metal, I'm like, isn't it just power metal? I mean, that's Theory? how I see it. But like, this yeah. literally says melodic power metal, and I think it's because one of the other subgenres that came out of speed metal um, is. Uh, I actually don't know if that's a G or what is that. Oh, I'm stupid. It's not a G. It's a. It's it's an S. It does not look like an S. Anyway, uh, is U.S. power metal. Uh, like that's another subgenre that came out of it. So, so American power metal j- emerged in the 1980s United States, drawing its influences mainly from speed metal and the new wave of British heavy metal. Though very close to its roots, U.S. power metal, often abbreviated as USPM, <laughs> is often faster than standard heavy metal. Again, standard heavy metal. What the fuck does that mean? Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. No, I know, but like, yeah. <laughs> Stand, throwing right. that standard, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, with a more riff-driven approach than its later European counterpart, but more melodic and often with a higher emphasis on guitar leads than thrash. Another notable difference is the relative lack of keys in American power metal, in contrast to their almost universal presence in the European variety. USPM is also noted, sorry, notable uh, for its wide but not universal use of high-register operatic vocals a trend which would continue with the rise of European power metal in the late 80s and early 90s. Many major U.S. power metal bands, such as Fate's Warning, were also pivotal in pioneering the progressive metal genre. U.S. power metal was, saw a sharp decline in popularity at the beginning of the 90s, though the style has rebounded somewhat in the past decade. So, 
like this is where a lot of what we were saying comes in again like right u.s power metal is a lot more what we're thinking right yeah and i guess that's why they made that differentiation of right melodic power metal versus u.s power metal although at that point just call it european power metal yeah that's how you're going to be referring to it in your own website right yeah there's very much purely a difference in regional preferences and this is kind of me leaning toward my experience specifically with a different uh, genre with banda different instruments are used in different areas yeah. purely because people in the area are more familiar with certain instruments yeah 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 like with also with like Grupo Norteños there's some of them that still continue using your standard string bass either the upright or the electric bass yep but a lot of them that route that came up near where my family is from in Sinaloa it's sousaphone why because of Banda Sinaloense everybody loved the sousaphone sound there so they added it to, to the Norteños too uh, yeah it makes sense it makes sense it's but just regional difference and I kind of no point in adding the <laughs> uh, the melodic to try to differentiate it because yeah. that isn't the difference yeah but you know when we're talking when we're talking over here about U.S. power metal, they, they listed off a bunch of bands for this as well. So, they, you know, Man- Manila Road, Man of War, Jag Panzer, Fate's Warning, I said, um, Crimson Glory, Hellstar, Broke's Helm, Iced Earth, yeah, Camelot. That's, that's, the, that's the big one I think of, Iced Earth. Yeah. That's cool. When I think power metal, I always think of them. And of course, it's hard to think of them now because of... Yeah. You know, yeah. But, yeah. But... No, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of chaotic to have separated these two like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These two it's two separate subgenres, and I understand why. Like, there is there is a difference between the power metal that grew here in the states versus the power metal that grew in Europe, but they're generally touching on the same major points, I think. And that's not to say that they're the same because they're not. Right. But the major aspects of what is power metal like it's 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 more prevalent in the US because that's what we knew but like I see it in in British bands as well. Yeah. But anyway, all right. We got one more thing that comes off of speed metal, metal and that's thrash metal. <laughs> we get to we get to my safe zone. <laughs> Honestly. All right, let's talk thrash. Thrash metal is a subgenre of heavy metal that is characterized usually by its fast tempo and aggression. Songs of the genre typically used fast percussive and low register guitar riffs, overlaid with shredding style lead work. Lyrics of thrash metal songs often deal with social issues using direct and denunciatory language, an approach which partially overlaps with the hardcore genre. The big four bands of thrash metal are Anthrax, Anthrax, Anthrax. Meg- <laughs> shut up. Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, and Slayer, who simultaneously created and popularized the genre in the early 1980s. I'm going to stop there before I read the next paragraph. Simultaneously created and popularized the genre in the early 80s. I know that that's technically right and all, but like, I mean, did they really? Like, they had influences from here and there and then just buffed them up a little bit. Like, uh, I was gonna say I would I would agree with uh, influencing it, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily agree with creating it. Yeah, I mean, cause like like uh, Metallica did, did the cover of Am I Evil, right? Mm-hmm. 
Diamond Head. Diamond Head is not somebody I would consider thrash metal mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Right? But when they play that song, it's very fucking, it's very thrash metal-y. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like they took this and just kind of messed with it. So, like, I wouldn't say it's a creation. I think they took took ideas, created some, or not created, sorry. Just fucked around with ideas and then stumbled upon something that they they were like, yeah, this is it, right? Mm-hmm. And then that ended up growing into thrash metal. So that's how I see it. That's how I, I I feel about it. I'm not. It's not to take anything away. They're still the big four. They are what thrash mm-hmm. is, you know. But like, I think it's not that they created it. I think they <laughs> just helped grow in into it. Yeah, I, I think. I think most rock music, obviously teaching a history rock course, like is you're always standing on the shoulders of giants. If you look hard enough, you're going to find where these things come from. Yeah. I mean, you know, Slayer is a combination of Minor Threat and Black Sabbath. You know, like you cannot deny it. They did the covers album was all these hardcore punk bands, and they were the harshest, meanest one. You add in, you know, some like satanic satanic imagery from Venom. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. Slayer. That's their whole career, you know. Anthrax was, was much more playful. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you're parsing, you know, words. You just don't like the word creation. But I think that, you know, there are... Nobody was doing what Slayer was doing when they did it. Nobody was doing what Metallica did when they did it. You that's, know? Yeah, that's uh, fair. Megadeth is basically Metallica, right? I mean, yeah. it's just Mustaine, like, walking away and creating Metallica with different members. I mean, An- yeah. An- Anthrax... Anthrax was, you know, really centered around, you know, funnily enough, after watching a bunch of videos about their history that they recently put out, it was Danny Liker, the guy who goes into Nuclear Assault, which is another majorly important thrash band, I think, but he was in Anthrax, he was best friends with Scott Ian, they were high school buddies, they wanted to play really fast, heavy music, and and then there's the whole tape trading scene that always gets lost in the shuffle, which I think was hugely influential for these people, you know, as they were listening to music and listening to different bands and stuff, and it, it's really influential to death metal later on. But certainly, I think it has an effect now. Is like Metallica hears Anthrax, Anthrax hears Metallica, Megadeth hears Slayer. You know what I mean? Like everybody hears you. Harry King was in Megadeth for five minutes, right? Like yeah. it, there's all this overlap. And of course, you know, when you talk about the big four, I'm sure this is going to get into other stuff. But you have Gary Holt, who is in Slayer, who starts Exodus. So, but but I think that if you would look like 1980 to 85, this is the culmination of all this stuff. Like we want to do Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden, but we want to do it faster, and we're going to take the lyrical content in different directions. Whether we take it in an angry direction or a storytelling direction or a satanic direction, right? Like yeah. this is what we're going to do, and this is kind of how these bands came to what they were. They just kind of all came to the same conclusion. Yeah. I, okay, I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Similar so, answers to the same test. <laughs> <laughs> so it uh, goes on to say, The origins of thrash metal are generally traced to the late 1970s and early 1980s when a number of bands began incorporating the sound of the new wave of British heavy metal, creating a new genre and developing into a separate movement from punk, ru- p- sorry, punk rock. <laughs> I don't know how I mixed that up. Uh, and hardcore. This gen- this genre is more aggressive compared to its relative speed metal, and can be seen in part to a reaction, uh, yeah, reaction to the lighter, more widely acceptable sounds and themes of glad metal. Yeah, you know, I think 
another thing that li a lot of us lose to history because a lot of these genres overlap now is that when punk started, it was a reaction to Iron Maiden and Juice Priest. Yeah. They absolutely hated each other. And so it's kind of funny at this moment in the history of heavy metal, you bring the two disparate elements together. And now you'll see, you know, punk bands that have tons and tons of metal in them and metal bands that have tons and tons of punk in them. Yeah. Uh, it's very much also a thing with the people just because from uh i remember when i was in middle school uh a lot of the punk kids and a lot of the metal heads were like at each other's throats and the peace came <laughs> when i came into high school because yeah. at that point like like all of the punks would show sometimes the metal heads would go to the punk shows sometimes the punk kids would come to the metal shows like it's just uh, I feel like the whole uh, the going against the grain type of thing kind of just stopped after a while. I think the artists yeah. led the way too. There's DRI crossover, which mm -hmm. is literally a crossover record where they go from being a punk band to being a metal band. Suicidal tendencies crossover. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you've got the punk fan, punk fans, and the and the metal fans all together in the same room, and it's yeah. like don't be dumb it's the same band right like mm -hmm. if you like the later stuff why wouldn't you check out the early stuff and vice versa yeah mm -hmm. that's fair that's fair so besides the big four some of the other bands that um potentially fall into this category according to this <laughs> venom uh this is a lot of big four stuff uh celtic frost uh creator oh yeah mm -hmm. Tonic for right? Voivod, yep. Exodus, Testament, Hobbs Angel of Death, uh, Hobbs Angel of Death. Okay, uh, and uh, Entropy. I don't know Entropy. Me either. Me either. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, when I'm thinking Thrash, though, yeah, I'm definitely, of course, thinking of the Big Four, Exodus. You know, de definitely, hands down. That is where my brain goes. That's yeah. it's just what makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also it's also kind of like it, it kind of shows where it's coming from and all that too. Like, cause cause uh, so melodic power metal. If this if this map is anything like a timeline, then melodic power metal and thrash metal came about around the same time ish. Um, and that's just interesting because you know I'm thinking of of Metallica's uh, Creeping Death. Right. Right? And while it's very obviously not power metal, it does have some elements of it. Right. Which is kind of interesting to me. But, I mean, yeah. It's just my take on some of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how y'all how, how feel about that statement. Because <laughs> it's a ballsy one, I'll admit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my memory is garbage, and I haven't heard Creeping Death in, like, two years. So, bruh. <laughs> well, I think like we're saying, you can you can place a lot of songs into different sub subgenres. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why this site is kind of cool because it's not saying Metallica as a whole is this or is that. It's certain songs, mm -hmm. and you know, it's not gray. I mean, it's not black and white. It is gray. The the, the difference between you know one moment and one song may thrash and one moment maybe power metal right mm -hmm. yeah so it can it can play all those all those cards i think that's been happening 
at least since the 70s in, in hard rock where you've, you've got moments where you're like, wait a minute, that sounds like metal. And then the next moment it's like, wow, that sounds like the Beatles, right? Like, what's going on there? Well, they were trying it on for size. Yeah. Or, like, or like a band has a psychedelic element, right? Like the Beach Boys have a moment in good vibrations that might as well have invented psychedelia. It's so just out there, right? Yeah. So for Creeping Death to have multiple elements within the same song is not unreasonable. No, it's not. Not at all. It's just, yeah. I just never really thought about it like that until we, we started talking about this stuff. Right. Then, they, like, I kind of connected those dots, and I was like, oh, yeah, this, this, this is kind of a this thing going on. Right. It's still really cool, you know? Yeah. It's a great song. Yep. So, we are going to move on to the next segment now. But we're definitely talking about black metal next week. <laughs> So we'll see what happens with that because that's going to be a whole damn thing. Uh, but let's close that out and let's see what's going on in the world. Um, and I, re- I okay, I have blabbermouth open and all, but like I was going to say the metal world, but the first article that's here is watch Carrie Underwood, Underwood covering Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you should just pick out stuff that's interesting. I mean, there's some stuff that's super important and some stuff that's just yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, ACDC's Brian Johnson says, these are the tracks of my years. I'm, I kind of want to know what the hell he's talking about. Tracks of my uh, years. Like the new stuff that they're doing? The frontman Brian Johnson is the featured guest on the latest episode of BBC Radio 2's Tracks of My Years. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, like, it's it's... These are just songs. Okay, each week an artist joins host Ken Bruce to pick 10 songs that have soundtracked their life. Johnson's choices are Tutti Fruity, <laughs> Born to be Wild, Paranoid, Jumping Jack Flash, Rock and Roll, Jailhouse Rock, Rocky Mountain Way, Sultans of Swing, wow. In Dreams, and Nutbush City Limits. So we got Elvis in there. It's Little Richard, Stephen Wolf, Black Sabbath, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Elvis, Joe Walsh, Dire Straits, Roy Orbison, and Ike and Tina Turner. He is from a different generation, for sure. Most definitely. That's just pretty funny, though. All right, let's see what else we got. Um, so, ex-Pantera videographer Bob, Video Bob Mosley, reflects on his friendship with the Abbott Brothers. Okay pretty far gone at this point i mean cool yeah. uh, as i lay dying singer tim lambesis reflects on decision to hire hitman to kill his ex-wife i'm sorry what you didn't know about yeah, that you didn't know about that no, no. Oh. Oh. I, I was literally watching a video about this during the weekend i'm surprised you didn't hear it you guys paying attention this weekend fair i wasn't even home for a lot of saturday I'm pretty sure I remember watching it on Friday. So tell me. I know it wasn't on Saturday. Tell me about it. It's a crazy story. Well, no, I opened the thing, so let's see. From Man Tim Limbus's emphasis has reflected on having solicited solicited murder by hiring a hitman in 2013 to to try to kill his now ex-wife. The 41-year-old singer was paroled in 2016 after serving two years of a six-year sentence. 
which followed his early 2014 guilty plea on a felony murder solicitation charge. He has since completed his parole requirements. Uh, he looked back on his time behind bars in a new interview with the Garza podcast, hosted by Suicide Silence guitarist Chris Garza. He said, as transcribed by blabbermouth.net, <laughs> quote, My thinking was so isolated in my own mind and disconnected from my support system that I didn't really even fathom or realize how much I had lost myself and the core of who I really was. It's like I was the one person for most of my life. I was this one person for most of my life. And then for this period of time, I had this very isolated, different type of mindset. And then have since returned to being much of who I was in the earlier part of my life. Plus, of course, the added perspective of everything I went through. I don't really know how to describe it. I lost myself. I lost my way. And I sat there in a cell being like, how did I become this person? It kind of blew my own mind. And as the mental cloud, yeah, and as the mental cloud, the fog went away and I could see clearly there are so obviously a thousand better ways that I could have gone through a divorce or a thousand better ways that if I wanted to be close to my family or if I felt that burning of a father who felt I could talk about vaguely speaking any father who loses his children there's a there's a burning feeling of just like I'll do anything to fix this or to make this right or to maintain this relationship but just because you feel like you would be willing to do anything to maintain what matters to you the most in the world doesn't mean you show that those are your best options. And I saw clearly sitting there thinking in a cell, wow, I could have handled this a thousand different ways. And the fact that in my mindset, I thought at the time this was the best way to handle the situation, it blew my own mind. It's like, how did I even think that? It was just shocking. And there's really no defense or no way to take away what I did other than that, thankfully, there was actually no true physical harm of any kind. That was a whole thing. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> my brain stopped for a minute there. <laughs> That's insane. I didn't know that was a thing. I feel like I may have heard of this, but just didn't look into it. Like, I knew all about it. Yeah. I, I didn't know about it before until I saw that video. And there it actually goes in, in, in depth about what, what exactly happened. Uh, it's he he kind of talks about it like the main thing is that he tried to hire a uh an assassin to kill his at the time estranged wife because mm -hmm. they were going through a divorce mm -hmm. and he was uh he was basically saying about that like it she was making it uh impossible slash very difficult for him to be able to see his kids and so he was just getting really frustrated in the situation and went to the point of like the way that I to solve all my problems is to make her disappear permanently. Which is That's insane. Man. Really fucked up. Honestly though. And like, no. God no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that that kind of imploded that also imploded the career or his career for a good portion. Right really slow. So slow. And uh, it it also outed because um, as I lay dying was actually a Christian metal band. Yes, indeed. I did not know. I'm that. saying was because uh, during this whole court proceedings, uh, because of this, 
uh, he actually got outed uh, slash outed himself as an actual atheist. He's been an athe- he was actually an atheist for a good while while he was in the band, what? Uh, essentially preaching his sermon. That's and crazy. Yeah, so it kind of just like threw as I lay dying like under the bus for essentially being hypocrites, and he also essentially called out the whole scene too because he was saying about like no yeah i've been atheist for a good while and i'm not the only one this i out of i think and the video was saying that he said out of like 10 bands or so that he they would be touring with like consistently only like one of them like they're legit true believers everybody else is just like they believed but then that's they crazy. stopped that's crazy but yeah it was a whole thing <laughs> Sounds like it. All right, let's see what else we got. So Greta Van Fleet singer Josh Kiska uh, ruptures his eardrum. Three shows postponed. Ouch. Yeah. I know I don't like Greta Van Fleet, but (laughs) goddamn, that's terrible. Yeah. You don't wish that on anybody. No, of course not. Like, I'd be terrified if I ruptured an eardrum. Like, that's that's. Ah, I wish him a speedy recovery for sure. Honestly. All right. Ozzy Osbourne teams up with Omaze to give away a custom Dodge Demon in support of Save the Music Foundation. Nice. And I'm going to need a link to that. So you're going to try <laughs> to win a Dodge Demon? <laughs> I mean... You know, m- my question is, does it come with the drag slicks, though? Because, uh, more accurately, does it come with the Demon package? Because, <laughs> um... I'm, I'm going off the cuff with metal-related stuff, <laughs> but when the demon was uh, was being sold, uh, they were essentially selling a track car, but not selling a track car. Uh, so the demon was really expensive. It was more than than uh, than the standard Hellcat at the time, and this was also before the Red Eye came out. Uh. So there wasn't that like higher grade of the of the Hellcat. If you wanted a higher grade of a Hellcat, you either got a Hellcat and modded it or bought yourself a demon. And it was so geared and so focused toward um, uh, drag racing. Uh, Dodge wanted you to drag it. They wanted you to race it in that. So much so that they sold you uh, drag slicks and uh, the skinnier tires for the front. And a bunch of uh, a, a larger intake, and I forget it, what else it came. It came with some other thing too. It was basically for you the final finishing touches on the car, for it to be track like track ready, for a dollar. Damn. Because essentially the cost for all of that was already like in the car. <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. Like, the demon is essentially, you want a Hellcat, but you want it already ready out the factory to take it to uh, uh, go drag racing. Gotcha. So, it just has a custom Dodge Demon, uh, and it's upgraded by the... So, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind custom Dodge Demon upgraded by the experts at Speedcore, the team behind a number of famous movie franchise supercars. So... It's already an upgraded demon. I know. I don't know if it'll come with the with the slicks, but I mean, it probably already has um, some aftermarket related stuff because all of that was factory stuff. 
yeah. and the demon came out like what like six years ago give or take no. so uh, the aftermarket has already gotten its hands on on it and has made it even more terrifying <laughs> alright let's see what else we got the black crows is rich robinson says bringing back other members from classic lineup would be a money grab <laughs> I mean, at least he's honest about it. He's also <laughs> not wrong. Like, yeah, the amount of people that would flood to a, a concert just to see the OG lineup, or not even necessarily the OG, just a, cl- a classic lineup. Yeah, right. that's just uh, yeah, it would be a lot. Uh, Ginger Singer felt creatively paralyzed after start of Russia's war in Ukraine. I. That's so it's such a bummer. They're they're a very interesting band. Gotcha. Email led, email uh, that was, and one of the guys was like, he was posting from his apartment as Ukraine was getting bombed. That's crazy. Yeah. Lacuna Coil celebrates the 20th anniversary of Kamali's um, at special hometown concert. That's kind of cool. Journey announces Freedom Tour 2023 with very special guest Toto. Ha! <laughs> uh. There were times in the 80s when I opened up the LA Register, or the LA Times, sorry, or the Orange County Register, and I looked at like the listings of the live concerts, and I was like, when is this going to end? And then I, you know, the same listing was there in the 2000s, 2010s. Like, it's incredible. Some of these bands just never, never ending popularity. It's so strange. But like Kansas, Boston, Foreigner, Toto, Journey, like it, they're always there. It's like wow, just endless careers. Yeah. Um, on endless careers, <laughs> Zach Wild says he has yet to learn how to play Pantera songs for the upcoming tour. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure that won't take him long. Right? It probably wouldn't. It's Zach Wild. Yeah. But like, that's just—I didn't know Pantera was going on a tour. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Oh. I the last thing I knew about Pantera is that none of them wanted to fucking jam with each other. I'm pretty sure we talked about it, no? Yeah, I thought we did. Charlie Benante from Anthrax playing drums, Zach Wild, and uh-huh. then Phil and Rex and Rex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're I don't playing they're playing a bunch of shows. I didn't think they had announced a full tour, but they did, they've definitely announced a bunch of shows. Uh yeah, I don't I don't remember this conversation, but uh, Zach Wilde has once again said that he is honored to take part in the upcoming Pantera tour. In July, it was reported that Wilde and Anthrax drummer Charlie Benante, along with Pantera's surviving members, singer Phil Anselmo, Philip Anselmo, and bassist Rex Brown, will tour as Pantera, headlining a number of major festivals across North America and Europe, and staging some of their own headline concerts. According to a report by Billboard, Wild and Benante's involvement in the project has been approved by the estates of Pantera's late co-founders, drummer Vin- Vincent Vinnie Paul Abbott and guitarist Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Uh, Zach discussed his participation in the Pantera Celebration Tour during an appearance on the SDR show. He said, I love that they put that in there, just like, hey, we're the ones that said this if we fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I had nothing to do with... Uh, putting the Pantera thing together. I'm friends with the guys. I, it'd be like if Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell were going to do a tribute to Jimi Hendrix and they asked Eric Clapton, Eric, would you sing and play Jimmy's stuff? We're going to put this tribute thing together. It's just like, of course Eric would do it. Just let me know when you want to do it. It's just like anything. Like when 
we do experience Hendrix, we do anything like that. It's just like, would you guys like to go out and honor Jimi Hendrix? It's just like, yeah, and why wouldn't we? How many fucking times does he say like? Oh my god. <laughs> but that's cool. I, I mean, that's going to be expensive as all hell, so I probably won't go yeah. into any of that. But that's cool. Uh, I was under the... Like, I thought it was that, like, Phil was the one that was doing it, like, organizing it. I didn't know that it was supposed to be, like, a tribute thing. Both things could be right. Yeah, sure. Because I, 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 I just thought it was, uh, like, Phil just trying to get some money. Well, I mean, that's, that's basically what he's doing. I mean, it's the same thing with the Cavalera brothers, like, yeah. playing Sepultura stuff. It's like, everyone comes up to you every time he plays and says... You know, or you're gonna do the Pantera thing, right? Yeah. No matter how creative or what he does in his life, it's always like just play Pantera. So he's just giving in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, got a few more things. Except performs without singer Mark Tornillo in Toronto. What's that all about? Hopefully, they got somebody to replace him. Once it was an all instrumental set, that'd be disappointing. <laughs> well. German-American heavy metal legends except performed without lead singer Mark Tornillo last night, Sunday, October 16th, at the Phoenix in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It was announced prior to the concert that the 68-year-old Tornillo, who joined Accept in 2009, would be unable to play the gig because he was having vocal issues and could risk losing could have risked losing his voice had he gone ahead with the performance. Accept played an hour-long set in Toronto with bassist. Martin Motnick, drummer Christopher Williams, and some of the other some of the other members handling the vocal parts. So they did it themselves. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I'm also kind of surprised they didn't just get somebody to do it. I guess if it's like last minute, it's hard to learn all the yeah. songs in time. But absolutely. Uh, what? Bruce Kulik says Kiss made the right choice by hiring Tommy Thayer to replace Ace Freely in 2002. Oh, 2002. Yeah. I mean, I my brain was not processing 2002, and I read 2022, and I was like, <laughs> "Fucking what?" Yeah, yeah. But, Old news. Thank yeah. you for your commentary. That was a long time. Yeah, that's 20 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Oh my god, that was 20 years ago. Oh my god, I was around for that. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, let's let's just be done with news for now. Just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I forgot I have opened this as a joke earlier. Um, we were talking about oh should uh, like most metal is in minor keys and. You, you know, hearing metal in the major key is weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Dave. Some of it ain't that bad. <laughs> like, I gotta show you this before we go into our suggestions. But like, oh, it might be giving me an ad. It is giving me an ad. I don't care for this. Let me skip. <laughs> 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 oh 
<laughs> this is Master of Puppets. Um, here's a good one. Here's a good one that you're gonna hate me for. Just don't fail me. Hurt my soul. You look so defeated. Oh. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> It doesn't sound that bad. It really doesn't. Oh. <laughs> wrong. Oh my god. It's wrong. Yeah, there's this whole channel called Happy Metal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I haven't heard this one. What is this one gonna sound like? Okay, I hate this one. <laughs> It doesn't even sound like Bark of the Moon. It doesn't. <laughs> That's so weird. Terrible. Oh my god, they did one. They did one. Oh my god. Oh. That's it. Right. So done. Wait, wait. Oh. Oh, nope, nope, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Let's <laughs> just go to suggestions. Oh, that one hurt my ear. <laughs> All right, what suggestions y'all got? Sacred Reich, Surf Nicaragua. Sacred what? Reich, R-E-I-C-H. Uh, right, 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 right. And what was the song? Surf, Surf Nicaragua? Yeah. This is Phoenix Thrash. Like, is it playing? The counter's going. It's got one of those intros. Oh, it's one of those things. Okay. Is it what you got? I'll put your song in the queue. Is he? I'm still looking. Oh, okay. Ah. His vocals, man. I don't know how I feel about those vocals. <laughs> what? It's actually about surfing in Nicaragua. Uh -huh. That's not weird or anything. <laughs> I saw him recently with Violence. They're really good. Still putting out good records. They're actually the guy back in the record. But this belongs in thrash to me. I mean, I can hear that. His earphones are not helping with hearing that. Right. But I can hear that. Right. I'm just going to hand you the phone. Okay. One second. I'm putting mine... So I put mine in. Um, what was yours? It's a Monomarth. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> War of the Gods. There you go. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Why? Why you got? Why you got to say something when I talk about talking about Amon Amarth, man? Shocking, shocking, shocking. It's almost like I'm gonna go see them soon. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay, from from yours, Izzy. I don't know how the hell to say this. Araucana. Araucana. I think so. Crisalida. I'm assuming this is in Spanish? Yes. Okay. Alright, so talking about Serve Nicaragua. It's... Like, it's not bad or anything, but it's just... I don't know, man. You don't like his voice. It's not even so much the voice so much as it is what he's doing with it. Yeah. Like, it's weird. But, like... Musically speaking, like, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's a cool little riff. I just wish I could hear it a little bit better, but I don't know if that's the track or if that's these headphones. Probably the headphones. I think it was remastered. Oh, well, if it was, this is not it. This is not the remastered one. Ah. But that explains why it sounds so old. Yeah. The fact that they have to remaster it means it's been a while. It's early 80s. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like early creative. Yeah. So. Well, it's in that same thing. But this is like their biggest song in you know, the traditional thrash sense, not like a big single or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you, I get you. It's All right, I should probably split and go for my class. Oh, yeah, it is that time, huh? Yep. Alrighty. I will see you later. Alright, thank you, you for joining us. Don't do your plugs. Uh, you can find me at IsaacsGuitar.net and at IsaacsGuitar on Instagram. Awesome. All right. Peace out, everybody. See ya. Bye. Take care. So now that he's gone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't even actually stepped out of the studio. Didn't even get up from the chair yet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, but yeah, I mean, this sounds cool and all. It's just, it's just, yeah, it was the vocals. They're just, they feel so strange. Uh, this very much reminds me of like very early thrash. Yeah, it really does. Uh, like, and I'm I'm very picky with that. If I'm being honest, like that's why I'm very picky with what I hear from Exodus and what I hear from Testament as well. That's fair. And then that's also why I can't uh, hear all of the songs from Anthrax, especially the earlier stuff. That's fair as like, well. Some um. I'm all for it Some, sometimes for that like straight up just like punk driving but like after a while it's just like oh this isn't the same song oh there was actually like a whole song in between this one and the other one okay I guess yeah she like that's a little weird not gonna lie I really loved watching them live. It was great. Who? Amon Amarth. Oh. You seen them work? Yes. Oh. That's why I'm iffy on going. You didn't I've already seen. Yes, I No, you didn't. Well, I didn't give you that as a reason, but I've told you before I've seen them. You think I'm going to remember that? I mean, when I mentioned that there was a bunch of people talking that were like, oh, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like, they were setting up the stage for them and they had a giant ass uh, fucking Viking boat as a prop. 
this is not ringing any bells. Oh, you really weren't paying attention. <laughs> Guess not. Was it early in the morning? I don't remember. Because if it's early in the morning, just uh, my memory retention before like 10 a.m. is just non-existent. I suppose. No, but yeah, I've seen. I saw them at office. Gotcha. And there, it's funny because um, you can tell the the difference with the with the metal fans, because uh, um, they played. I believe it was right before Slayer. Mm. So there was a bunch of the Slayer heads that were like, oh, like, fuck these dudes, bring out Slayer already. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, they were drunk, and nine times out of ten, like, not not to talk smack about uh, about Slayer, because Dr. Isaacs ain't, ain't here, but a, a very common, um, uh, more th- nine times out of ten, the favorite band of a, of a metal, metal elitist is Slayer. And so with them, they're they're very much um, Team Slayer, like, all the way. Yeah, I, I get you. I mean. And then they all shut up and started joining in the pit once El Monomar started playing, because Dolph. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Not a lie. That was, like, one of the best pits I've been in my life. <laughs> nice. Uh, Cause at that point we we were going from like the very start, me and my homies, and we're just going around cause it's down the circle pit, so we're just going. And then after a while, um, cause I forget who played before them, but we were also in the pit for them. So I just started getting tired halfway through the set, cause like they're more intense, so I was burning more energy. Right. So after a while, I just lined, I, I just went to the middle. Cause like a group of us was just like uh, there was a group of them like uh, other people were just there like just headbanging and then uh, so I was like fuck it I'm gonna join with them so I joined with them so I headbanging I grabbed the shoulder I put my arm over the shoulder of some random dude I don't even fucking know so we just started headbanging together and then more of us just started joining this line so it's just a giant line of like 15 of us just headbanging going along with the fucking uh, like we're just headbanging and then like 20 to like 30 people just doing a circle pit around us. Oh my it's god. It's fucking great. That's amazing. That's crazy. Oh well, stuff like this is playing. That's amazing. Oh god, I'm so excited to see this guy's live. Definitely. You need to come, bro. Purely because of that experience, that is why I want to go. But also, money. That's not even that bad. I know, but my money situation is what's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, now, but yeah. Ever since discovering them and listening to these guys, it's just like so excited about it. When I found out they were gonna be here, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm hopping on that ticket." Yeah, I hop on tickets so far in advance, dude. It's great. Yeah. All right, so then this is Aruacana by Crisalda, right? Yeah. Cause I was I was I was not sure who the artist was on this one. My God. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, I couldn't like I just know him as Ar because that's the first part of this song, and I have never actually saw the name of the band. I just really like this song because 
it was it came out when uh, Spotify was playing random songs. Um, uh, yeah. When I was listening to um, uh, Black Sun. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. Yeah, they they have a lot of stuff with it. Evidently. I told you. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is, but I just love female singers. Oh, I know. That's why I suggested this one. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I haven't suggested this one, and I'm gonna suggest something that's was female-led. And I, I didn't say anything purely because I wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know yeah. it's a little out of key. It's she slides into some of the nuts. That was much better. I like this, but it, like these these headphones fucking suck. Oh yeah. So it's not doing it justice. So now I'm like, if I like it when it's not getting justice, hearing the actual is probably gonna be fucking yeah. great. Oh no, yeah, like this is a song that I regularly just bump in my car. Gotcha. This is going on to the amalgamation. You is welcome. Merry Birthmas. Literally. Yes. <laughs> that is true. I am now dating this podcast. What do you mean? Well, I'm not, I am now dating what. I'm not telling people what date it is that this is recorded. That's fair, but like earlier I said yesterday on the 16th. I literally said that earlier, so. I think I remember. That's fair. But yes, it is my birthday today. I'm old. <laughs> this sounds really cool though. I need to listen to more shit in Spanish. There's a. There's a band out of Guatemala that is a metal band. And like, I remember this because I put them in a project of mine, but then I never sat and listened to any of their stuff. So I'm like, I need to go back, find that project to find out what that band was. Like, you, you shouted them out without knowing <laughs> what they're about. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, wow. it's just, I was talking about like, like, cultura guatemalteca and like music yeah. in Guatemala. And so I was like, you know, while this is the traditional music, like, we also have crazy stuff like this. And like I was excited about that because the yeah. metalhead, the watermelon. Yeah. I mean, if it's anything to go for with the rest of Latin America, from what I've heard, you go either one of two routes with when it comes to metal in Latin America. Well, actually, no, yeah, because. Um, uh, Sepultura still falls uh, under the the rifting slash um, going all out punk side, and then there's the prog side. There is no in between. No, there's not. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta listen to more of that shit. You know, it's been a minute. Um. I've, I've definitely had some cool things come out in, in Spanish, most of which you've suggested. 
but uh, <laughs> but a few things that I found here and there. No, nothing that I ended up making anything, but it still was like a cool idea. Why does this feel like a movie soundtrack right now? That ass feels like I should be watching the end credits of a movie or something. I mean, I know for a fact this isn't a part of a, a soundtrack. No, no, I, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's what it sounds like. Yeah. No, I mean... It, it could just be just because uh, this... It has like like power metal elements here or there, That's but it's—I I consider this more of a hard rock song. I don't really like—it's in my metal playlist purely because I discovered it at the same uh, like uh, time slash uh, right. suggestion from Black Sun. Right, 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 right. But I do need to look into more of the discography because. Duh. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. Alright, well, this song's about to close out. Uh, and with that, we're going to close out today a little bit earlier than we normally would. Uh, but I got to go do some shit. But um, yeah, thanks so much for hanging out with us for the last hour and change. It's always uh, a lot of fun to do this shit. Um, you could uh, find us on Instagram at official pedal to the metal, all one word no caps and you will find our link tree in the bio it's going to take you to all our other stuff our facebook page our discord server our youtube channel our uh, merch link where you can buy merch it's getting cold it is sweater weather get your own pedal to the metal sweater it's they're really fucking soft and comfortable i've been having this i've had this thing for a while now it's, i fucking love it uh, but yeah fucking get your get your pedal to the metal merch y'all uh, but yeah um uh, all that stuff you can follow me personally at alan music perez or you can follow my uh photography instagram at nature's underscore beauty underscore ap or you can follow my uh wait what's the other one i have oh the band you can follow my band's page at render me insane all one word uh we are playing on the 28th which is really really exciting uh haven't played since last year so it's gonna be a lot of fun to get to play some shit for a little bit um but yeah go to go check out all my shit izzy i ain't got shit to plug we out this bitch <laughs> all right we love you guys we'll catch you guys next week peace out